Welcome to the KPO Podcast. I'm your host, Jagisha. On this week's episode, we are discussing The One, the captivating debut novel by Julia Argy. This gripping story takes us on a journey into the world of reality, TV, dating shows, and the quest for love. As we follow the story of Emily, a last-minute contestant on the popular show, The One, we see the manipulation that goes into creating a successful romance for the cameras. With twists and turns that keep you on the edge of your seat, The One is a thought-provoking and witty critique of our cultural obsession with love and the power dynamics that come into play in modern relationships. Join us as we delve into the engrossing novel and explore the complexities of desire, authenticity, and the fantasy of falling in love. Let's talk to Julia to learn more. Welcome to the podcast. Thank you so much for having me. So to start off with, tell us about the book. So the book is set on a reality dating show called The One, and it follows Emily over the course of a season. She is a contestant on the show. She is not a reality dating show super fan, but she joins after being fired from her job and As the season progresses, she has to juggle being in this really intense environment, the pressures from her producer, and also her relationship with the lead and the other contestants. Mm -hmm. And what inspired the story? So I am a longtime viewer of reality dating shows, all sorts, Love is Blind, Love Island, The Bachelor, been watching them for quite a while, and I felt like it was going to be a really good container for a novel. It's a set number of people. It's a set number of weeks. I had, you know, knowledge through being a viewer of the material. And so as I was beginning the intimidating project of writing my debut novel, it seemed like kind of a no-brainer for me to start with something that I enjoyed, had familiarity with, and had these really easy structures that I could put into my book. And then in terms of the ideas I was thinking about, I was interested in the way these shows kind of commodify love and the fact that they're so popular and so ubiquitous in our culture. It feels like every week there's a new season or a new show entirely. Mm -hmm. And so in terms of a craft level, it seemed like a good place to start. And then I was also interested in the ideas that setting a book on a reality dating show could introduce. Mm -hmm. So one of the things that, um, as I was reading the book, I'm like, how did you go about doing the research? Because it seems like you have all this like background information behind the scenes type information. Uh, So how did that come about? Yeah. So I have never been on a reality dating show. I've never worked on one. But I'm glad that it seemed real. That was definitely, I mean, quote unquote, real, as real as reality dating shows are, um, of course. So that was definitely a goal as I was writing. As I said, I was a longtime viewer. And then as I started to get a bit deeper into the writing process, I would listen to some podcasts of contestants where they talk about what their experience was like and also some blogs here and there and just accumulate little tidbits about what production is like, what the day-to-day is like to try to get those mm-hmm. behind the scenes um, nuggets. And then at a certain point, I just let myself have some creative freedom because actually writing about what happens on a reality dating show, I don't think would be that interesting because 
it's a huge cast of people. Like I already had enough trouble dealing with 30 women in a house, like mm-hmm. let alone all the lighting people, all the sound people, all the actual producers. So there is some kind of condensing and literary freedom that I get because it is a novel and it's fiction. But I did try to stay true to certain elements of how the dynamics of the house worked. And so it's mostly from those behind the scenes interviews and podcasts where people would talk about what their experience was like. Okay. Yeah. Cause I, yeah, some of the things like, you know, the way they were deciding who, which contestant, for example, you know, handed Dylan a glass of champagne as he first, the Dylan, by the way, listeners is the main male character or one of the main characters or the necklaces and, and all like the decision-making process. I just thought it was very interesting to see like how much of it is real, quote unquote, like Dylan's making the choices or versus like the producers are making the choices. Yeah. I think it is a really intense environment. And from what I have listened to and read, no one loses their free will. It's not, it's not actually like, you know, you're forced to do things, but I think given the sleep deprivation and the claustrophobia and the intensity of knowing, you know, these people have a lot of power over how you're going to be perceived by millions of people, it can be pretty coercive at times. And I think that coercion and manipulation is ultimately how a lot of the quote unquote drama unfolds. Um, But it's not, you know, as far as I've heard, no one is forced to do anything. They do have some semblance of free will. It's just how much can they exert it and what is the cost of that? And the novel, I do try to dive into that a little bit about like what what that would feel like to be in a position like that. Mm-hmm. Yes. And then so uh, one of the questions I have here is um, without giving away too much about Emily, uh, but she starts it gets complicated for her because she begins a relationship with another contestant. So what inspired this choice and why was that important for Emily's story? Yeah, that's a great question. So part of what I was interested in, like we were talking about with the last question is how, you know, these seasons are often showing these romantic relationships between two people, especially in the setups where it's one lead and a lot of contestants. But the contestants are actually spending a lot more time with each other. And the lead is kind of an afterthought um, in terms of what the day-to-day experience is like. And so when writing a book that's so centered in the behind the scenes, it felt really inauthentic to be like, Emily spends 20, this this would even be you know a generous ratio, 20 hours a day with her roommates and then maybe four hours a day with Dylan. Like it's not even that you know, favorable towards Dylan. And so I wanted the proportionality of the book and the focus of the book to be on the contestants and the producers and those machinations rather than what is the like essentially artificial part of the reality dating shows or can be the artificial part, which is the relationships with the lead. Mm -hmm. It's amazing. How much of an influence the the show has on popular culture? So like in, in terms of your experience in writing this, how has that changed your understanding of its popularity? Yeah, I'm kind of split on the question. I think to some degree, obviously, you're watching it and you're absorbing it, even subliminally, even if you think it's silly, like you're still tuned in and it's capturing your attention. But I think increasingly, these shows start to be in conversation with the viewership in terms of 
the viewer reacts to how a how a character that's how unreal it is i said character how a person is portrayed on the show and the producers respond and so that now that there's this weird back and forth between the audience and producers where not only are these shows influencing our culture but our culture starts to make its way into the shows Mm -hmm. and you'll see on these shows people talking about social media and social media followings whereas you know 20 years ago when these shows kind of started that was not really on the radar and it was just these shows kind of broadcasting towards the culture but now culture has started to kind of seep back into the shows in a really interesting way and that is the point of time that the one is set is when there's this weird mesh between what is going on in the outside world and what is going on in the show and both like groups trying to meet in the middle and have a weird conversation about what love looks like you know in our modern times Mm-hmm. Yeah, you know, it's funny. I never thought of it as uh, like whenever I've watched one of these shows, I've always thought of it as like they're just trying to launch their careers, like the contestants or, you know, they're that they're there, but they're not really there to actually meet somebody uh, or have a relationship. But it's really about oh, what's next for me. Yeah, I think increasingly that has become the case. And you've seen in terms of people's previous careers, it's now like model influencer, social media manager, Mm -hmm. you know, these kind of already aesthetic careers. And then they go on to reality dating shows. But when they started, it was like, you're a waitress, like a teacher, like it was people who were less oriented in that way. Mm -hmm. And so now that it seems like these shows can be a viable career path for people after they leave, it's attracting. And this is the weird symbiosis going on with our culture. I think it's attracting more quote unquote talent of people who want to use it, like you're saying, as a career launch point, which makes the shows even trickier to sell as like a authentic way to find love, which is nominally what most of them are trying to produce for the end of the show. Mm-hmm. So now, as you said, you're a fan of the show. So what do you, which ones do you currently watch? Well, I hate to say I have not watched this season of Love is Blind yet, given that that is like a big conversation in our moment given the finale was delayed but luckily I was not affected by that because I'm not caught up um but my main stays have been like Bachelor Bachelorette and Love is Island UK I've never watched Love is Island US or Australia and then I've I have seen the other seasons of Love is Blind so maybe once all the craziness of my debut being watched I'll be able to give myself Love is Blind season four as a little treat (laughs) yeah you know it's kind of it's interesting how these shows have evolved because I watched and I'm aging myself was I think one of the first reality shows was um MTV and real what was it real life real I forget um yes I know exactly where I think it's called real life oh yeah something like that anyway now my brain I just like lost the the name anyway but that was one of the first ones I was watching and then lately I find myself getting addicted to the real housewives shows and so it's just it's it has been fascinating to see the evolution now that I, I sit here and think it through of, of the different shows. Um, what was your probably your first one that got you started? My first reality show ever exposure was competition shows like competition cooking shows or Project Runway and stuff. And then I dipped my toe into reality dating shows and kind of got stuck there. But I have a bunch of friends who are Real Housewives fanatics, and mm-hmm. they're telling me. 
you know, sequel to the one, it's got to be a real housewife book. I was like, no, I can't write any more reality TV novels. I, this is, this is going to be the only, the one reality reality TV novel for me. Um, But I am, I have a lot of recommendations for real housewives to watch because I know it's some great content. Oh, it is. And yeah, I think that I think your friends are right. I mean, if you ever decide to write another book, <laughs> that would definitely be a lot of fun. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure. And and that's part of what was so fun about writing this book was that it is a really fun setting. And there are so many people who watch them. It's just really fun, like this conversation to talk to other people about it who love them. It's it's a very like enjoyable experience. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, it's in my department. I had a colleague tell me that this I think it's The Bachelor that that he watches and he it's his sort of guilty pleasure type thing that he just he likes to watch The Bachelor and, and go through the whole thing and the the dynamics of it. He enjoys it. Yeah, and totally yeah. not someone I would expect to have watched it. <laughs> yes. No, they're, they're a lot of fun. And, you know, it's nice that there are so many different flavors depending on what kind of mood you're in. Mm-hmm. What per- they're the kind of more chaotic party ones. There's, you know, more serious stuff. They totally run the gamut. And it was a great, it's a great setting for my debut novel. So last question that we ask authors is, uh, what are you reading or what do you recommend we read? Well, I just finished um, a book that I think everyone is reading this year, Lessons in Chemistry by Mm -hmm. Bonnie Garmus, um, which was really fun. Um, I listened to that on audiobook through my library. Um, And then on my bedside, I am going to try to read The Price of Salt, which is what – Carol was based off of. It's a Patricia Highsmith novel. So that is next on my to read list. All right. Sounds like a great list. Well, thank you so much for your time. I know we only had the 15 minutes, so this was great and have a great day. Yeah, this was great. Thank you so much. And that brings us to the end of our podcast discussion on The One by Julia Argy. I hope you enjoyed our deep dive into the world of reality TV dating shows and the quest for love as we followed Emily's journey through the ups and downs. Join us next week when we speak to Juan Gabriel Vasquez about his novel, Retrospective. Until next week.